Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hello to our locations and to those of you watching online today. Um, While I have been um, frequenting the gym um, and trying to kid myself that I'm enjoying it, and trying to, you know, tell lies to my, to my brain that actually this is the thing you really like to be doing. I've sort of been multitasking, and so what I do is, you know, I listen to a podcast or I listen to a talk or, you know, or, um, you know I, I, I just have something else going on that often feeding my spirit. And so I was listening a few months ago, and, and I heard somebody, a guy that some of you may know called Craig Rochelle, and he um, spoke a little bit about the topic that I'm going to talk about today, about friendship, and it got me thinking, and it, it sort of inspired me. So some of the stuff I'm going to talk about this morning was inspired by him, so I want to give credit where it's due there, and some things are my thoughts, so, um, so yeah, so hopefully we can go on this journey together. And I don't know how you would describe a friend, or what makes a close friend for you, or what kind of things they would do with you or, or for you, you know, how do you define a true friend? Well, my definition of friendship got redefined really clearly last year when I um, went on a trip with a really um, close friend of mine, and we um, were flying out, and for those of you that know that when I travel, it's not really good, I have to send myself to sleep, I have really terrible travel sickness. Um, and so I haven't, but I haven't been actually ill for quite a long, long time. So I had no sort of thoughts or worries that I was going to react really badly. I thought I'd just do what I normally do. I'd go to sleep, don't talk to anybody. I'm such a great traveling companion. Um, but this wasn't this trip. And about halfway across, I sort of woke up and, and, um, and, and Vicky, who was singing this morning, was with me and was sitting there and she said to me, you don't look great. And I, and I thought, I don't feel great. Um, and so we're on a packed flight and, um, and she suddenly thrust this thing into my hand and I and thought, oh, she's right, I am, I'm going to be really ill. And, and I was incredibly, incredibly ill and... Um, and I felt sorry for the guy sitting on my left and the girl sitting on my right who put a hoodie up and just wouldn't look at me like for ages after that. I, think, I don't think I was great to, to be with. But what actually defined my level of friendship was I got so ill on this flight that I couldn't speak, I couldn't look anybody in the eye, my head was down, and, and Vicky Blesser was managing all of that for me and talking to the stewardess and getting me some help and, and even sort of um, taking my, my, my recycled bags, let me put it like that, to, uh, to, to the bathroom and deposit them coming back. And, um, and sort of she, she helped me off the plane. I literally couldn't hardly walk. I honestly thought I was going to end up in... Um, in, in some kind of um, foreign A&E. Um, and, uh, but she looked after me incredibly, incredibly well. And, and she said, we're not having this. If we're not having this, so we're not doing this again. So, so when we were coming back, she went straight to the desk and she went, my friend is this, she does this, we're not having this happen. We need a seat here, we need to look after this, we need this to happen. And she made it all work for me. I didn't have to do a thing. Um, and, I just, and I went to sleep on the way back and I had a much better flight home. But my definition of friendship had really changed because when somebody is willing to do that for you, then I think I've found a friend for life. If she can do that, she can do anything. So that totally defined my, my level of, of um, defining true friendship for her, really. But how valuable is friendship to you? How valuable is friendship to, do, to you? And a recent survey asked the question, over the past six months... 
with how many people have you discussed an important matter deeply with? And over half couldn't come up with anybody outside of their immediate family. And I wonder how you would answer that this morning. I wonder how I would answer that this morning. Because there are a few things in life that I think that are as important as friendship. Why? Two things we want to look at this morning. Number one, we are made for friendship. That is God's design for our lives. And secondly, friendship makes us. There is no more formative factor in our lives on this earth really than the friendships that we have. And I really believe, this is my ground, this is where I'm coming from this today, that if we get our friends right, the right friends will help us set us up for success in the areas of life that really matter. But then the flip side is true. If we, if I get my friendships wrong, then I'm basically setting myself for more pain, more challenges, more struggles. And Andy Stanley said this. He said, your friends will always determine the quality and direction of your life. Well, what did he mean? I think he meant this, that if you show me the people that you're spending most of your time with, I can see the potential trajectory of your life. What does Proverbs say? Proverbs 13:20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Basically, if you hang out with people who are wiser than you, are better with money than you, have better marriages or relationships than you, are better leaders than you, then you're going to become like them because this stuff rubs off. So the opposite is true. If I hang out with idiots or fools, as the Bible calls, people who get into trouble, I'm going to most likely go down to where they are. How do I know? Well, when I look back over my life, which I have been a lot recently, I can see where I've grown. And I want to tell you where I've grown is more often than not involved the right people that have led me to the right mindset which have resulted in me doing the right things. And do you know when I got into trouble? I rarely got into trouble on my own. So as we start today, I want you to think about the people that you're spending the most time with. Don't include your spouse or your partner or your pet. Pets are great, but they're not our friends. I have a pet. I will get letters now, I know that. <laughs> but I'm talking about the people. Who would you call at two in the morning? The people you can be transparent with. The people you can be honest with. Because we become like those we hang the most with. So are you hanging with the right people today? Do you want to become more like the people you're currently spending time with? So as we go on this journey together for the short, short time that we've got, have those people in your mind. So firstly, friendship matters because we're made for it. So what does Jesus have to say about God's design for friendship? Well, John 15, we're going to read this together. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends 
if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Now, Jesus uses the word friend three times in that passage. He clearly values them. So whenever Jesus uses the word love in this passage, I'm assuming and I'm suggesting he's talking about friendship, love. And he gives us a glimpse here into what God-like friendship looks like. Jesus believes here, I think, that a true friend is someone who lets you in and sacrifices for you. How does he let you in? Verse 15 says this, I no longer call you servants, Because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. You see, servants don't really know, do they, the hearts of the people they serve. It's a job. It's a role. It's a duty. But Jesus says here, I've always wanted more from you. I don't mean just to obey me. I want to share my life with you. My joys, my thoughts, my pains. I want us to walk through life together. He always lets you in and will sacrifice themselves for you. Verse 13 says this. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus was so committed to his friendships that he would go to hell literally and back for them. So friendship matters because we were made for it. And secondly, friendship matters because it makes us. Remember that Proverbs verse about walking with the, with the wise. What one factor determines how your life turns out, how my life turns out? It's whom I'm choosing to walk my life with. But what else does Proverbs say? 17, verse 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. That says to me that friendship is a relationship. It's a two-way process where we learn from each other. We love each other enough to tell each other the truth. You'll give me a kick when I'm about to do something that's going to hurt, or we celebrate together, but we also cry together. But here's the problem. Studies tell us today that very few people have friends like that anymore. On average, we have two close friends. 25 years ago, the average was six. We have lost a third of our friends in that time. And here's the really sad part. Research says that one in four people would say they don't have a single friend that's close and trusted. There's something wrong with that picture for me. But why do we think it's happening? I think there's two reasons. One is this, increasing work hours, so we know we're not developing friendships the way we were before, but also the explosion of social media. Now, before you batter me and go, oh, Jane, we've heard loads of stuff about social media before, you know, about not connecting all of that stuff. I want to say I really enjoy social media platforms. Our church enjoys social media platforms. You wouldn't be watching me right now if that wasn't true. We know it's really, really important, but you have to agree with me that social media is redefining how we think about friends. 
you know, years ago, I've never have called every friend I've got to tell them what I'm having for breakfast. I never would have, you know, told them where I'm about to go out and I've just come back. I'm about to pat my dog. You know, I would never have done all of that things. It's become an obsession for some people, but here's the thing we have to keep in mind. It's great staying in touch, but social media needs to be a supplement to a relationship, not a replacement for it. So what we have now, sadly, are people with more likes, more followers, more fans, but are more alone than ever before. So two quick things about the friends that we need to be before I literally talk about the friends that we need the most. Two things that we need to be. Number one, I'm asking us, please be present. Friendships are developed face to face, not just thumb to thumb. And sociologists say that we are suffering from relational poverty right now. You can have people all around us be very connected on social media, and yet inside you are longing for more community and intimacy. We feel that something is missing, but I want to suggest that actually it's someone who is missing. You see, presence matters. When Jesus called his disciples, he didn't give them loads of rules and regulations and say, here's a book with everything I want you to do, guys. Read this and you'll be sorted. Go study it. What did he say? He said, follow me. That invites us to be in a relationship, in a journey. To follow somebody, we have to be with them. Let's get to know each other. Let's be present with each other. Let's let each other in. How many times have you been out to a restaurant and you've seen a group of friends or family and what have you seen? They're all sitting around a table and they're all like this. And the only time they look up is when the food comes. Our presence is so powerful. You know, when things happen in our lives and, and when things happen in my life, please hear me, I love every email I sent. I, lo- I, I love every text message that I receive. But when somebody physically comes and looks you in the eye and they don't even have to say a word, they're just with you, they're the most powerful times. Presence matters. Please put this thing down and let's look at those we are with. Secondly, be transparent. We need to open up. And with the increase in texting and emailing, we're losing the art of knowing how to share our hearts in person. You see, I can control what I put a post on Facebook. I can retype it. I can recall it. I can rewrite it until I'm absolutely satisfied. It says exactly what I want it to say. I can change my mind. But when I'm in front of you and I'm having a conversation with you, I can't do that, can I? Maybe I'm afraid that I'll say something that you might not understand or I may get misunderstood or you may not hear me or listen to me. But actually, the power comes when I tell you what I'm afraid of, when I tell you what I may be tempted by, when somebody goes, do you know what, that makes me mad as well. Oh, yeah, I I struggle with that too. Yeah, I really enjoy that as well. And all of a sudden, we have a connection. God wants to bring the right people into your life. He didn't create us to be independent and be on our own. So if you're watching 
or sitting here thinking, I don't have anyone. Do you know what the truth is for you today? You may be one conversation away today from meeting that person that will change your life. What kind of friend will you be? Now, here's a quote that challenged me. Every friendship ends up somewhere. Few friendships end up somewhere on purpose. Every friendship ends up somewhere. Few friendships end up somewhere on purpose. And the Bible is full of these encounters. Friendships and relationships that change minds. But what types of friendships do I need? What types of friendships do you need? And we're going to quickly look at three people that are in the life of King David. King in the Old Testament. And his life was built around three major friendships. And I want to suggest to us today that these are the types of friends that we need to have. And even if you wouldn't say you follow Jesus today, even if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, these three friendships will help you have a meaningful life. Friend type one, we all need a Samuel. Now, a bit of background here. God had rejected Saul as the king back in the Old Testament, and he'd asked Samuel, this priest, to go and anoint the next one. And the story goes that Samuel went to a family home and he looked at every son there until he met David. And God said, that's him. That's the guy. That's the man. And David was the youngest by far in that family. And Samuel said this. He said, so I sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health. I wish I'd say that about me this morning. Glowing with health and a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. This man came into David's life and helped make him a better person. He spoke into David's future about his potential. David was going to be king. So here's my question to you guys today, if you're watching right now. Do we have someone in our lives who helps make us better at the things that matter? Do you have somebody in your life that helps make you better at the things that matter? You see, if I'm hanging around people who eat donuts every day, I'm going to start looking like a donut. It's not going to help me get into any better shape. Do I have a friend who's going to help make my marriage better? He's going to help my lifestyle be healthier. He's going to help me be a better parent. Because then God wants to use that reciprocally. Because Proverbs 27, 17 says, A friend sharpens a friend. Iron sharpens iron. So we need a Samuel. Secondly, we need a Jonathan. We need a friend who will help us find strength. And if we're a Christian today, spiritual strength. A faithful companion. So skipping forward quickly in David's story, you know, he's a king, he's a war hero. People are starting to take notice of him. They're writing songs about him. And Saul gets really mad and he wants to kill him. Jonathan was David's best friend. He's BFF. And he was Saul's son. And Jonathan risked his life several times to warn David to encourage him. And 1 Samuel 23, 15, 16 says, while David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength 
in God. What does Jonathan do? He heard that David was discouraged. He heard he was down. And you know what? He got up and he walked 30 miles to encourage him. 30 miles? He helped him find his strength in God. And we all need those types of friends. Why? Because we all have those times in life. I have those times in life when I get tempted, when I'm about to make really stupid decisions, when I get discouraged and down, when everyone walks in, who, when everybody walks out, sorry, who walks in and says, I'm with you. I'm going to help you find strength in this situation. I'm going to encourage you. Who builds you up when you're crumbling down? A faithful companion, a Jonathan, is that person who walks in when everybody else seems to walk out. And it's such a blessing when you do that for somebody else. And then we need a Nathan. Here comes the one I struggle with the most. And I don't think I'm going to be on my own today. Because we all need a friend who tells us the truth. And if we go back to David, and some of you may know this part of the story, he took his eye off the ball, and he saw a really beautiful woman, and you can guess the rest. And he didn't see the gravity of what he'd done. In fact, he tried to cover it up, and he tried to live a lie. Ever tried to live with a lie? It takes a lot of effort. And that lie eventually was starting to destroy David. So God sent Nathan to tell him the real truth about what he'd done. And if you want to see the outcome of that, Psalm 51 is a really good place to read, to hear David's heart about that. Nathan came and told him exactly what he'd done. When was the last time you had a friend who loved you enough to tell you, that's such a stupid thing to have done? Don't go there. Or if you go there, this is what's going to happen. What you're doing, Jane, isn't working. You're hurting your relationships. You're hurting your marriage. You're hurting your future. Do you know what? It's a little bit deeper than, does my bum look big in this, Russ? Right question. (laughs) Always the right answer. Have you given someone permission to see your blind spots? The things that we don't know about ourselves. You know what? It doesn't always have to be negative. It doesn't always have to be negative. How about the person who says, I see something you don't see in yourself, and that job would be great for you. Or do you know what? You'd be really great if you tried this. Or why don't you, why don't you come to this with me and try something you've not done before? Or you're really, really good at this and God really wants to equip you to do more of this or come and do this with me. It works both ways. They're all truth telling. You see, but I don't think Nathan would have taken any pleasure in telling David that. And when we have that type of friend, I can assure you, saying painful words will cause them pain too. And I'm so thankful for all the people that have done that for me over the years the right people, leading me to the right mindset, resulting in the right actions. So when we look back at our, and look over at our current friendship circle, what do you see? What do you need to do to have those kinds of friends in your life? 
to have that kind of friend, you need to be that kind of friend. You're going to help them get better. You help them find strength. You're going to love them enough to tell them the truth. It's impossible to live the right life, you know, with the wrong friends. So do you need to make some changes to your friendship circles? Do you think or do you know today you're being influenced in ways you'd rather not be influenced? Are we not giving of ourselves? Are we not really present? Are we not allowing anyone too close? When are we going to be the friend we need to be so that we can have the friends we need to have? And just thinking about your friendship circle right now, do you have a Samuel? Do you have somebody who's talking to you about being better, talking into your future, calling that out of you and into you? Do you have a Jonathan, somebody who is walking through those times with you, somebody who is going to come in when everybody else seems to be walking out? And do you have a Nathan? Do you have someone who's going to tell you the truth despite the pain it may cause to them and to you. Just think for a minute about who you are spending the most time with right now. And Father, I just want to thank you for those people that you've brought into our lives that have made us better that have helped us find strength and we had nothing of our own and who have loved us enough to tell us the truth. And Father, I would even ask that you give us eyes to see those potential people that could change our lives and where we could have the honour of impacting others. Would you give us the right friendships, God? that are going to help us live our lives right. But you see, if it ended there, if it ended there, then why do we meet and gather like this? If it was just about our human friendships and the people that we connect with here, then really we could have an okay life, I believe. In some points, a happy one. But there is one other friend. There is one other friend we could have today that embodies everything we've talked about. You see, it's going to be very rare to find those three people in one person. But this may be a friend that you've never ever thought about. Or even thought it was possible to know. And his name is Jesus. And he was known as the friend of sinners. You know, we hung around with what society would call the last and the least. And you know what? He loved them all. And when you become a Christian, what that means is when you invite Jesus into your life, when you start to have a relationship and start to walk that journey with him, you don't just get a saviour. You get a friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
You see, Jesus is the best and ultimate friend that we could ever have. He's the combination of everything we've talked about. You see, he is our Samuel. He is the person that speaks destiny over us. He is the person that says, do you know what? You're dead in this area, Jane, but you can be alive. He is the person that says, do you know what? For everything that's happened in your life, you can have mercy. You don't have to live life apart from a God who loves you. You can be a new creation. You see, he is our Jonathan. Jonathan walked 30 miles to see and encourage his friend. Jesus crossed the boundary of heaven into earth. From deity to humanity. You know, Jonathan gave up his right to the palace for David. Jesus purchased our place in the palace at the cost of his life. And he is our Nathan. He loved me enough to confront me. He loved you enough to come. He loved you enough to come. You see, God is a relational God. He didn't send a letter. He didn't send an email. He didn't send a text if you were in the 21st century. He sent a person. He sent his son. He sent Jesus to die on a cross and he raised him from the dead so that we could have a relation, be relationship with him and be what the Bible calls a friend of God. What a name to have on your list. Who's your friend? Well, God's my friend. God's my friend. Jesus is the best friend he described in John 15. He led us in. He opened himself up by stretching his arms out on a cross and then he refused to walk away from that cross even though he could have. Why? Because the Bible says for the joy set before him, he endured that cross. And what was that joy? That joy was you. That joy was me. That joy was us. Whether you know him today or not, he wants your friendship. So I'm going to be bold enough to ask today, has Jesus ever become your friend? Has Jesus ever become your friend? That's what it means to become a Christian. That's what it means to become a Jesus follower. And this will be a friendship like none other you have ever known. And it will take a lifetime to get to know him because friendships do. It doesn't just always happen in your first conversation. But do you know what? Today, you could start your journey of having Jesus as your friend. And as we close our eyes today together and we just have a moment, he's not looking for a servant. He's not looking for people to obey him. He's not looking for duty. He's looking for friends. Will you be a friend of God today? And I want to give you an opportunity as we come and finish. Do you want to be a friend of God? Do you want to count him on your friendship list? Do you want to have somebody in your life who's going to speak the best over you? Who's going to call out your potential? who is going to be a faithful companion like none other you've ever known and will always, always tell you the truth. And if you want to know that, you can know that right now. I just want to ask you, if you want to know Jesus as your friend, 
just to indicate that just by raising your hand in your locations if you want to do that please do that just raise your hand I'll see it if you want to know Jesus as your friend if you've never ever ever asked Jesus into your heart if you've never ever ever started that journey you can do it right now thank you I see that is there anyone else thank you is there anyone else don't worry if you miss a moment there are people here who would love to talk to you more I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing a great song that cements what a friend we found Father I thank you that you don't want to call us servants you want to call us friends and I want to thank you for those those people that have started that journey with your friendship that wanting to share their life with you and your life with them Father I pray that you'd cement that decision right now on the 26th of February was the day when they started their friendship with God. Holy Spirit, would you come and make that really real to them? And know that you left heaven for them. You came to have a relationship with them. You want to be a friend to them. And for all of us today, Lord, in our locations, watching online, we want to declare out what a friend we have found. What a friend we have found. And in in fact, Jesus, you found us. You speak destiny over our lives. You give us the strength and we have no strength on our own. reveal truth to us what a friend we have found in Jesus name Amen let's stand and sing together and let's declare what a friend we found closer than a brother